At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details and use that bonus code Vegas1000. Welcome back. Hour two underway officially here at Circa Resort and Casino. Follow the money. Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King in for Mitch and Paul today. And very excited to get back into some Major League Baseball conversation. There's six games coming up today, but the trade deadline very quickly approaching as well, August 2nd. Ed Wade, former Astros and Phillies general manager, joins us on the line now. Welcome in, Wade. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking a little bit just now before we came back on the air about the Juan Soto situation and how unique and bizarre it is to see a talented player like him at just 23 years old to be in a situation where he's turning down these major contracts. There's so many questions in the air about where will he land? Will he stay with Washington? What's the general outlook that you feel about Juan Soto and his situation right now? Well, I, I know it's moved to the to the forefront because of the you know the information coming out that he turned down the deal with uh, with Washington. He's a free agent at the end of the 2024 season, so you know it's that's an eternity. But uh, if indeed he's in play at this point in time, I'm sure there's going to be lots of teams that have interest in in getting involved in it. Uh, you've got so many teams that are are in the hunt right now for uh, you know one of the wild card spots. You know, you've got seven teams in the. Uh, American League three and a half games uh, uh, within three and a half games of a wild card. You've got uh, you've got five teams a half game within a wild card in the National League. So 
it's going to come down to, uh, you know, is Washington inclined to, to try to do something right now? If they are, how big a package can the team put together uh, to acquire him? Uh, it's, you know, the, the coin of the realm in baseball is, uh, is, is money and prospects. And, and certainly if Washington is for sale and they're trying to trying to retool or rebuild, whatever you want to call it down there, they're going to look for a ton of close to the close to, uh, to ready major league prospects in order to do something like this. Cause you can't, you can't go into a thing thinking that uh, you know the, the the brightest prospects at A ball are going to be the guys that are going to be uh, front and center for you going forward, because you can't miss on a deal like this. You've got to make sure that you you take advantage of the time that's available to you, and the opportunities that are presented out there. And, and again, with so many teams in the hunt right now, you would think there's a lot of interest in them, but you know how many buyers and sellers are there going to be? You know, realistically, when you get to the trading deadline in a couple of days. You know, I had heard uh, Ed that. One of the stipulations the Nationals had was that any trade involving Soto, you'd also have to take Patrick Corbin and his salary. So first question, have you heard that? And second, would the Nationals be inclined to trade him within the division? And if not, you take the Mets and Braves off the table. Can you give some clarity on, on, on that aspect of the trade as well? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm completely unfamiliar with what the conversations are, which is the, the way it should be internally with, with Washington. And, you know, the fact that, uh, that the information's out there about, so you know, it, it really depends on, you know, would they be willing to do something like that? Again, a team that, that seems to be signaling that it's in a rebuild probably considers just about everything. Um, you know, I, I went through this to, to some extent in, in Houston uh, in 2010 and 11, when the club was for sale down there and actually the, the sale was, pretty much completed uh, pending uh, approval by major league baseball owners. And you're, you know, I'm dealing Mark, uh, you know, Lance Berkman and Roy Oswald players like that. You're trying to get as many young, good young players for the future back because the, the, the direction that that club was going at that point in time was a rebuild. So you're, you're out there trying to do that kind of stuff. Um, and Corbin could be in play and, you know, other, other players could, uh, could help facilitate their rebuild as far as not trading within the division. Obviously, you don't want to see Juan Soso come back into your ballpark, uh, you know, year after year, and 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 be the type of player that he is. But you know, when you start eliminating, you, you start creating false barriers as to who you will and will not talk to. Uh, it really, it really makes that that universe even smaller that you have to deal with. You've got to go out there and and see if there's the best possible deal available, whether it's coming up to the trading deadline or sometime during the off season or sometime going forward, uh, you, you've got to make sure that you're, you're getting the, the, the best did that you can do and not be compelled to do something because it's out there uh, on the forefront. Everybody in baseball is talking about it. You know, Sosa's profile, you know, this is, I, I heard Scott Boris's podcast yesterday and, and he talked about that this, you know, he, he compared this to the, the Alex Rodriguez situation when, when A-Rod was in Seattle. And they were they were uh, you know planning or preparing to move him at that point in time. It, it it carries it carries a lot of weight both for the team that that's uh, that's uh, trading the player and 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 for the uh, the people who are acquiring it because you're you know you're acquiring. There's no guarantee that he's going to sign a deal with the acquiring club. Um, you know I guess they can try to do a precondition where he, they get they get a deal done uh, and then he gets traded. But you know realistically when he's this far away from free agency with with Scott as the agent. Uh, with the average annual value being a big, a big sticking point, one would think a big sticking point. I think this thing's going to play out for quite some time. Will he get moved by the trading deadline? There's a probably good chance that he'll do that. Do I think he's going to be be signed by then? No, I think Scott's going to take advantage of the time that he's got to uh, 
to see where the market moves. And then obviously he's, he's viewing Sosa as a guy that's going to move the market himself in a, in a very, uh, very significant fashion. Uh, Ed Wade, former Phillies and Astros GM here on Follow the Money. Ed, a lot of the interest regarding potential moves of the trade deadline is based on people trying to get ahead from a future standpoint. Where can I get good value on a team that's going to add a piece that makes them, you know, a, a, a greater or bigger or better option to potentially win, you know, one of the conferences or the ultimately the World Series? Give me your top two or three other names of key guys that you think could be going – headed away from their current team to a new team at the trading deadline? And if you think that you, you know, have a, a strong opinion on a destination, where would that be as well? Well, yeah, as far as individual players go, I'd, I'd, I'd be picking names out of the air at this point in time. I, I think that you're, you're going to look at, uh, you're going to look at the, the teams that, uh, that are well-established that uh, are going to be trying to add pieces. The other, the other, you know, the other interesting dynamic, you know, with this, uh, with the wild card situation uh, is the way that it is. You're going to have teams that are out there as buyers that haven't been in that position or potentially out there as buyers who haven't been in there in, in that position for a very long time. And, the, and one of the teams that I look at is the Baltimore Orioles. You know, the Orioles have really struggled uh, you know, for the last decade or so. And, and now you, you know, you look up and, and they're within three and a half games of a, of a wild card spot. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a different dynamic in that fashion with the second wild card. And, and, uh, you know, some teams that were perpetual sellers are not going to be, you know, you know, kicking the tires on, on being buyers. That said, when you've got some of these teams that are now pushing in that direction, they're young clubs to begin with, and they're not going to be interested in trading young prospects from their system to go out there and get a guy that may just bump them over the edge for a short term. So I still think you're going to be looking at the more established clubs that are out there, the, the, the teams that are, are usually looking for pieces at the end. I think San Diego obviously is a club that's always been very aggressive, at least the last couple of years at the trading deadline to try to do some things to, uh, to get to the next step. Uh, you know, Toronto's a, a young club that could probably use a couple of pieces along the way. So there are a lot of different teams out there right now that I think you have to look at that, that have not been in this market as, as buyers uh, in the recent past that are going to probably be a little bit more aggressive this time around. With the trade deadline and a number of teams potentially having some shakeup and changing things up on their team, also just the second half of the season in general, a time to reset and refocus as a group into the team that you want to be going into the latter half of the year. Are there any teams that maybe haven't had the best first half that you think could be poised to make a run here in the second half and be in a good playoff position? Well, obviously, we, you know, we live here and been over to, to the, the ballpark here. I've been living in Philadelphia, and, uh, you know, I look at the Phillies, and they've, they've had a lot of bumps in the road uh, health-wise. Obviously, Bryce Harper and, and a number of other guys that have been down for them, Gene Segura. Uh, they're, they're a team, if they can get a little bit healthier and maybe do one or two things here at the deadline, I think they're, they're a club that's really going to be pushing hard at, at the very least for one of those wild-card spots. Um, that's certainly – a Certainly, a club. I think Tampa has underperformed uh, to some extent, uh, but they're still the they're still the wild card club, and uh, they, they've managed to do things at the trading deadline the last couple of years without uh, without really uh, doing you know damage so so on you know so to speak to the the core of their club. So I can see them out there. You know, Boston's been revitalized a little bit. Uh, you know, they're still on the outside looking in. So you're going to have you're going to have some of these teams that. Uh, that are going to be, you know, sort of in between at this point in time. And the difficult thing about being in between uh, when you've got two wild cards in each, in each league is that 
you know, you you have to remember what signal you're sending to your fans when you're there. You're 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 telling your fans if you're if you're close, but then you decide to make trades that that weaken your club. You know, you're giving up when you're within three and a half games of possibly playing in the postseason. So there's a lot of different dynamics that occur. And I know I've referred to the second wild card in each league a couple of times here, but I do think the structure of baseball right now with so many teams having a chance to be in postseason changes the dynamic of, of what clubs normally would do at this period of time. You know, if the Yankees have a chance to add a piece, they're obviously going to go out there and add a piece because they've got prospects. They've got a, a great club on the field. If the Dodgers have a chance to do something. I'm sure they're not going to just look at where they are right now and say, you know, we, we're, we're a really good club. We don't have to do anything. If the opportunities present itself to these larger market clubs that are, that are in first place, look like they're in a comfortable position, they're still going to be aggressive because they know when October comes along, it's going to be the best club standing on the field that, that ends up uh, you know, holding that trophy and, and getting the World Series ring. Ed, we really appreciate your time and insight. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Ed Wade, former Phillies general manager. Really great insight there. And I liked what his final comments were there talking about a team like the Yankees. You know, we've seen them in this position before at this point in the year. How far can they go? What steps are they going to take here at the deadline potentially? Uh, it's going to be an exciting second half. Fascinating that the Orioles could be buyers. I like it. They, honestly <laughs> though, they had the expectation of being awful and they haven't Three been. Three and a half out. Yes, yeah. we will talk Plenty more baseball throughout the course of today's show, but we're going to turn our attention back to football when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is Follow the Money with Sean King. Jeremy Bond and Tony filling in for the guys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSET, the sports betting network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of July. It's coming up quick, so sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball insights, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, everything you want. So, if you want to get in on the full VSIN experience, which also features our daily email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, and use of the betting tools and video live stream whenever you want it. Just $19. Become a subscriber today through July 31st. It's super easy. Just head to vcin.com slash summer. Stormy Tony and Sean King on the desk filling in for Mitch and Polly as we welcome you back here to follow the money. Uh, getting back into some NFL talk with training camps here, getting kicked off soon. Um, it's crazy to me to think that the NFL season is already just right here around the corner, which means that we got to get in on that futures action. Okay. So wanted to look at a couple of markets on who you think could lead the league in wins and also be the worst team in the league and have the fewest. So highs and lows, who do we think could maybe really stand out cream of the crop above the rest? So this is a lot more difficult. The least amount of wins is very, very easy for me. Okay, let's start there then. It's the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons may be, from a roster makeup standpoint, like one of the worst teams that we've seen in a long time. Because Marcus Mariota has proven incapable of staying healthy. So that would mean that Desmond Ritter is going to play significant amounts of games this year as a starting quarterback. He's not ready. I mean, uh, Calvin I, Ridley for is as great as Desmond suspended. Ritter. For as great as Desmond Ritter was at Cincinnati and leadership, quality, skill set, all the things, the one game that I covered of Cincinnati's in person was against Navy where they shut him down and he was rattled from start to finish. And that's always my my initial thought process is like, if you're getting rattled against Navy, how is that going to play out in the NFL? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine because I, I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just why I think Atlanta – is is in for a long season. Kyle Pitts is elite. Other than that, I mean, even on offense and defense, like they're not a roster that returns anything of substance, especially from a resume standpoint. So, you know, I 
And they're in a situation where, as unfortunate it is for the Falcons fans this year, the best thing for them is to have the number one pick in the draft and potentially be able to select their choice of college quarterback, whether it be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or, or Will, whoever, you know, you know, kind of catapults himself into that selection. So the, the, the bottom end is fine. It's the Falcons. Falcons four to one unequivocally. It's the Falcons to have the fewest wins in the 2022 season. Yes. Their win total is five. I loved that under. I don't know if I would take them for fewest wins though. I love the under five. Who who's I I, I mean I think Houston has hope. You know Lovey likes Davis Mills. They're the favorite. Jacksonville, you know, got Doug Peterson, who I think will be a great fit with Trevor Lawrence. You know they have, you know, uh, Trayvon Walker. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other two young guys uh, on defense on that front that that give them, you know, at least a chance to be like you know above average on defense. So I now think, the Bears so, would be the only other team. You still haven't even mentioned the team for me. Who? Uh, oh. Seattle's gonna yep. win some games. Nope, that's that's so, fine. So Drew Locke is just good enough to win you six games, and with DK mm. Metcalf and basically a contract year, and then lock it there at the other receiver. I think Seattle's gonna gonna win five six games this year. See, I disagree. Um, I have no faith in their quarterback situation. I mean, they're eighteen to one in the division. That's that's pretty telling in itself mm-hmm. how bad they're looked upon. They're third on the odds board for the fewest wins. Obviously, last year it was the Jags and the Lions who only had three wins. Um, I have no faith in Seattle whatsoever, and I watched the NFL. West religiously because that is the division I pay the closest attention to as a 49ers fan. I don't think that they have the build whatsoever. I look at their schedule as well. And I mean, obviously yeah, I'm excited for week one when they play Russ against Denver week (laughs) one, but the schedule is kind of a toss up because the NFC West does have its difficult opponents. They play the AFC West as well, which we know is the best division in football. And then you get a couple gimmies with maybe Detroit, Maybe New York, maybe the Giants is with Jets and Giants. The Panthers, I think, yes, they'll get that win. But like looking through their schedule, they have it's not easy. And they're not good. I could see them being three and three through the first six weeks of the season. You know, beating the Falcons and Lions, and then they're still getting the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins. Chandler Jones is in Vegas. I and just... then they don't win anymore after that. Well, the Giants are still on the schedule. So I think they lose the Broncos. Panthers late in the, the season. Jets. Falcons is a toss-up. I don't think they're beating no. the Lions. I have a lot of faith in the Lions this year, and maybe it's poorly placed. So I'm, but I'm, I, I have that as a win on the Lions schedule, so not I'm, Seattle's. I'm getting Circus Survivor this year. I'm, I'm getting all six entries. One you of, are. Yes. One of my entries, I am fading the Falcons the first nine weeks of the season. That's, I'm serious. <laughs> That's how bad I think Atlanta's going to be this year. All right. Write it down in your notebook. Oh, yeah. It's already done. So you place in this bet then? Falcons 4-1? to one? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, Lock it, was, it in. This is going to be like entertainment value. Like they may – I'm just – the Falcons may Wait, be like, teetering on not winning a game this year. Not winning – that's yes. hard That's hard to do. So you talk about schedules. If we could put the Falcons schedule back up, please, just for, for a quick second for people viewing – to, to look at this. And I'm not a guy that really, like, jumps full into the schedule. But look at this. Saints, Rams, they have to fly from Atlanta to Seattle. Browns, Bucks, Niners, Bengals. Like, where's the win coming? I think they beat Seattle. Now, on the road? I do. Desmond Ritter starting so on the road. Bad. 
You don't know Seattle, Desmond Ritter starting. I've watched Marcus Mariota play. It's probably not going to be Desmond Ritter. Yeah, but it's still, if you're talking about his durability, it's early in the season. But you think he's you going not, down week two? He played, He backed up Derek Carr and couldn't make it through a season healthy. Like, literally, when he mm. came in the game for his Wildcat package, he got injured. Agree to disagree. <laughs> We got to make a cigar A winless season? I want you to bet that they'll have a winless season. I may. That can be our cigar bet. I may. I really may. 2017, Cleveland Browns 0-16. The Detroit Lions in 08. Before that, I may. the 80s was the last time it happened. So I mean, three times in the last What are the odds? 30, what, what, what odds can I get on the Falcons not to win a game? I may just throw that down. I'm sure they'll throw an odds market up there. DraftKings yeah. is... DraftKings is known for that kind of stuff. Let's look at on the top of the This is tougher. The board. Yeah, the top Who's end is the tougher. Most wins? Bills, Bucks, your favorites atop the board. Packers nearby, plus 650. Chiefs, 8-1. to one. You're going to have a tough schedule, though. The Rams have the toughest schedule in the NFL this year, so yeah. I don't like that. See, I think... Falcons, 20-1 to one oh, to go winless. Is that not... I don't even know if that's high enough, though. That is so that's unlikely to happen. That's telling you that it's happen. likely to happen. <laughs> it's only 20-1. No. to one. I'm for real. Just think about the odds and, and what there's, uh, what the underlying messaging is. Because you, I know you thought, you know, like I did, there's probably 80-90-1. to one. I thought... It, I didn't think it was going to be that high, but higher than 20-1. to one. Right. The Texans have even shorter odds. But the Texans, they one. showed, uh, I think the Texans are going to win more You think Davis Mills is going to no, bring them to the promised land? But I think land? just the energy in, in that building, they think they have a chance to be competitive. All right, enough about All these right. losers. I Can think, we talk about the high end? Yeah, I think <laughs> the high end. That. The two teams that I think have value here are Colts and Broncos. You know, I just, when I look at the top of that list, everybody's going to be gunning for the Bills. Now, granted, they may be good enough to overcome it. I think the Bucks take a step back. You know, you lose uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue. Gronkowski retires. Not sure of the health of Chris Godwin. I just think maybe they take a step back. Aaron historically has not done well with young receivers, and now that's all he really has. Yeah, that's going to be really different because yeah. he doesn't have his go-to guy anymore, and he's one of those players that definitely like relies on his chemistry and he, people he feels comfortable with. And he with. has a Super Bowl already. He has the MVPs, and he has the most recent bag. So what's his buy-in to with Christian Watson and and these young receivers? The tough thing about your Broncos play is just the division with which they play in for me. But the talk about Denver has always been they're just a franchise quarterback away, mm-hmm. right? They have all the other pieces. We know the defense is there. They have the weapons. Now can Russell Wilson be that missing piece? And Colts and Broncos are about more value. You're getting 16-1. Right. to 1. You know, on them having the most wins, which I just think is better value than taking the Bills at, at plus four fifty. The AFC West is so tough. Titans, yeah, their schedule. Is it I don't though? know. I'd have to look it just into depends it. on what you it think is. on Mahomes and the Chiefs without Tariq Hill. You think that one wide receiver is going to change Patrick Mahomes as a passer? No, not at all. But I think it makes the offense less explosive, and they've never really had a, a balanced offense where they run the ball effectively. It's kind of been based on big plays you know, kind of bailing them out of some situations. So you take that away, you know, you also get a brand-new head coach with the Raiders. And, you yeah, know, the Chargers. Yeah, but I think that's an upgrade. I think could that's be. a positive. It could be. But, you know, there is some gray area as far as unknown. Whether you believe it's going to happen or you, you know, believe it's not an upgrade, it still has to prove it. All right. We'll see. When we come back here, 
my favorite segment that they do on Follow the Money. Do you concur? I'm very excited to get to be a part of it here, Sean. We got some wonky questions for you. We have some legit ones, but I'm just excited. I'm going to leave it at that. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be great. The Sports Betting Network. Get 50% off all expert picks at winnersandwiners.com with promo code VSINGS50 at checkout. Tired of paying for losers? Winners and Winners Best Bets are back with a win guarantee because no one should have to pay for losing picks. Their top experts are combined 15 and 5 over the last four days of action with their best bets. So now is the time to jump on board. Use promo code VSINGS50 at checkout to get 50% off all expert picks today at winnersandwiners.com. Great moments in history have begun with a question. To be or not to be, that is the question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? And what kind of hair product does Mitch Moss use? But follow the money wants to know. Do you concur? Concur. What, sir? Do you concur? What hair product does he use? What hair product do you use? Yeah, (laughs) I got to stay out of this one. (laughs) I am so excited for this segment. Do you concur? Love watching it when the guys get to do it, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So we got some questions, Sean. We're going to get right to it. If I could just watch one college conference, it would be the SEC. Do you concur? Concur. Why is that? Well, because it means more. It, it really does. Like, the intensity. It just means more. You know, it, it, the, the commercial is so spot on. The intensity, the emotion of the fan bases, the magnitude of the rivalries, like, the SEC encompasses everything from a competitive standpoint that's great about college football. And outside of, of two teams, everybody else is kind of, you know, slightly above average, you know, as a program. So, I mean, you're getting – if you get to Tennessee versus Kentucky, it's a jam-packed game. And, you know, it's no different from an atmosphere standpoint than if Alabama or Georgia were playing. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of the SEC – yeah, they do it the right way when it comes to the game of football, so I concur. I agree every year that the best teams are coming out of that conference. You're in, you're out. And, I mean, the tradition, the game day environment, like you mentioned, every school has their own unique thing that even if you're not just watching the product on the football field, there's other things that make you get drawn in mm-hmm. to their environment. So I concur as well. We're going to keep it in the SEC for this next one. Nick Saban is the best coach or manager of any sport in our lifetime. Do you concur? Uh, concur. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. I mean, as Jay Z put it, I mean, you can't argue with his success. It's unquestioned. It's unquestioned. Yes. I have a top four for my lifetime. Okay. So, and Saban is on that list. Okay. But Phil Jackson is on that so list. So I thought we were just talking college football. Oh, no, any sport. Oh, any sport. But Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, on that list. Not for enough me. championships. Oh, his career records, 1,202 and like 300-something. But to me, this is kind of where Five Nick, national titles, this how is, many Final Fours? To me, this is where Nick kind of separates himself. And I love Phil Jackson. Well, Phil Jackson's got 11. I know, and all of them were with MJ and Kobe. You know, so it's like you had the greatest player of their era. Alabama gets the greatest players But they're always every year. different. They're always different. Coaching staff is always different. Bill Belichick? And you got to do it without Brady for me to put him above Saban. 
And that's the thing. So think about the, the the different coordinators Saban's had as he's won all of these championships. All of them have been with different quarterbacks, with different best defensive players. Like, he's been the one constant. Like, I think Belichick's an unbelievable coach, but Brady's won a Super Bowl without Bill. Bill has not won a Super Bowl without Tom. All right. I, uh, I just have such a hard time picking the greatest of all time in any category. It's always really, really tough for me. And so this, I was trying to play devil's yeah, advocate And they're all there great coaches. So me picking Nick doesn't mean I'm trying to diminish any of the other three. I'm just saying Nick has done it with a very different cast of characters. Okay, you'll like this one. Notre Dame is the most overrated brand in sports. Do you concur? I mean, I don't know if it's overrated because it's proven, you know, in an environment where everybody's flocking to get a collection of of TV-friendly markets to get these massive TV deals. They've stood strong. And I know their proximity to Chicago, you know, makes them kind of a quasi-large market, but they're actually based in South Bend and... No matter what you think about them, agree or disagree, the fact that they've been able to sustain themselves as an independent football program, you know, when everybody else is trying to to, to team up, I mean, you got to give respect where respect is due. So, you know, I can uh, I do concur. not concur. Yeah, I do not concur. See, and I'm with you there. And granted, being a Notre Dame fan, I do have that little bit of, you know, bias, bias toward right. them. But I instantly, when I think of overrated Dallas Cowboys come to mind the Lakers come to mind Kentucky and Duke basketball come to mind they're the only program in America that could be standalone in football and sustain itself at the highest level like just think about that yeah absolutely it's unique USC and UCLA just went to the Big Ten to get more TV money to make it a, a, a larger swath uh, of TV-friendly markets for the conference. Notre Dame's in South Bend and just kind of just chilling. <laughs> we're gonna, we'll go back to NBC. They got touchdown Jesus on their side. <laughs> right. That's all they need. Respect. Okay, ketchup is the best condiment. Do you concur? I do not concur. Right off the right off the hop. I think it's the most versatile. It goes with the See, most amount of disagree. things. I also disagree. I mean, French fries, steak, hamburger. You, you put ketchup on a steak? You can if they don't have A1 sauce. I mean, what are we doing here, works. Sean? Barbecue chicken. Stop. Ribs. Barbecue chicken sausage. is barbecue sauce. Why are you putting ketchup on it? I say, I mean, but you can substitute it for all of these different things. I would argue ranch is the most versatile and is the best condiment in That's the game. That's close second. If or when I ever get married, I would like to have a ranch fountain at my wedding available for any and all. Yeah, see, I was going to say give me an invite, but I'm going to pass on the ranch fountain. <laughs> I see your car, though. <laughs> Ranch is a close second, but ketchup, pizza, this, the no, list goes on and on. If you're going to have a condiment with pizza, which, quite frankly, you shouldn't in general. Pizza is a great standalone. The Italian in me is just, like, very frustrated with this to begin with. But if there is a condiment you eat with pizza, it's ranch. It's not ketchup. It's already got tomato sauce on it. Sean, I I can't do this with you. All right, we got to move on because I'm going to get aggressive here. Um I can't fight. <laughs> Bottled beer is better than canned beer, do you concur? Why isn't draft beer enough? Yeah, a draft is my go-to. So if I'm drinking beer, it's a Mick Ultra Draft and a cold glass, it's the tall boy. So can I pick the middle in this one? Because I don't I don't really drink bottled or canned beer. So. I'm kind of the same. I yeah. like a nice Medella with lime on, on draft here. MLB has the best trade deadline. Do you concur? Yes. I'll give them that. 
I think because they, they make the most significant moves. I don't feel like the trade deadline matters as much in the NFL and in the NBA. Like it's generally like a secondary or third tier player, like a rotation guy that gets moved to the trade deadline. I think because I feel like most of their big. I know Harden was moved this past year, but I feel like most of their big trades are off-season mm-hmm. situations where I feel like baseball may have six or seven trade deadline moves a year to impact the playoffs and the World Series. I think the impact portion is what makes it more valuable, and I do agree with you from that standpoint, just that one player can make a massive difference. Right. Or a hall of like players can make a difference for the future. I, I Yeah, I'll go with you. I'll roll with that one. I'm on the fence about it, but I'll roll with it. Getting a pedicure is the best. You I, I concur, absolutely. How many pedicures have you had in your lifetime? I get one probably once every 10 days. Do you really? Oh, yeah, you got to take care of the yams. You get them more than me. Your toenails grow that fast? No, I just, you know, I, I, I'm on my feet a lot. Okay. You know, so, you know, I get my phone. Like, there'll be something that I haven't watched, maybe a podcast or, you know, <laughs> uh, another episode of something I'm watching on Netflix. So I go put the... The Bluetooth in and, and you know, get my, make that. sure my feet are straight. What I've always wanted to do is the pedicure with the little fish that come in like. Yeah, I've never done that. I've never done it either. Uh-uh. But I've walked past it at like malls all the time. And I know people do them on vacation. Yeah. They have one on the strip at, I think, Binion's. You ever, I mean, not, at, not on the strip, but in downtown here. Okay. I was walking down. Had a couple beverages. I'm out of Definitely out. thought about stopping at Binion's for I the heard that for the fish. Jersey Shore is the greatest reality television show of all time. Do you concur? I do not concur. What's the best? I have no idea. I don't watch reality TV. You don't watch any but if you I like did, trash TV show? No, but if I did, I'm, I'm pretty sure it would be Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore is great for like the things that it did for a generation, like everybody knows Snooki, everybody knows the hair bump, everybody knows the tan skin and the orange tan skin, rather. I watch sports. My favorite reality TV shows are like of the TLC variety. My 600-pound life is electric. It is one of my favorite shows in the land. I definitely watch that. If we're going MTV where Jersey Shore originated, then I'm more into like those old stupid love shows like Rock of Love, Flavor of Love, Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Get me on any of those. I was very locked in. Okay. Teenage Stormy was all about Brett Michaels' Rock of Love. It was must-see TV. I take your word for it on this. There's multiple multiple seasons of it, so he never really found love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is do you concur i am so pumped that was so much fun i will never forgive you for your ranch slander yeah, I, was just, I can't believe you're in the ketchup on steak. do you do you like your steak well done too no, is that why you're dipping I, it in i ketchup? get it medium strong i tell the cook very specifically whatever you do for medium hey <laughs> all right back to college football when we come back and to try to get with cbs sports national writer dennis dodd he's at sec media days don't go anywhere at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We've got CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Follow the Money. Going to get into some college football talk. Excited to welcome in Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports National College Football Writer, one of the ultimate insiders and Dennis I know you're out there at SEC media days on a scale of one to ten how good tasting was the mayonnaise coffee from Kentucky quarterback Will Levis (laughs) well there were there was no tasting from my point Ah. of view that was that was gross uh (laughs) that was that was probably the biggest talking point yesterday was the Kentucky quarterback puts mayonnaise in his coffee and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, you know, mayonnaise clumps like that. 
So it's not like putting half and half or cream in there. It's just, yeah, it's just a gut bomb. It's horrible. And, and, and Dennis, it was the amount of mayonnaise. I mean, this was a significant, yeah. like, three, four different pumps, like, you know, in the squeeze bottle mayonnaise. I was like, don't overdo it, big fella. I wish that I was there yeah. just I so mean, that I could ask him the nutritional value. Like, why are you doing this, Will? This will, this will sustain him until his first kick. So, you know, there's something to talk about. By the way, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. He's, you know, rated in some places. He's a first-round draft choice to transfer from Penn State. So he bears watch in Kentucky. Kentucky might be the third best team in the league this year because that's the starting point if you, you know, consider Alabama Georgia. Speaking of, of that, Dennis, I actually have some legit questions about Georgia. I want to get your opinion on them. Kirby's done a phenomenal job since coming over and taking over the program of getting to what ultimately ended up in a national championship team last year. However, this is the first time that Kirby's been in this unique situation where 15 guys left that roster to go play in the National Football League, a lot of them early selections, but also – the turnover on the staff, O-line, D-coordinator, linebackers, receivers, DB, all will have new faces coaching this year's Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Alabama has proven it doesn't matter. No matter how many guys are losing the NFL, no matter how many of my coaches I, I lose the head jobs or, or leaving for better positions, Nick Saban's there, nothing changes. So if there's a season where I think Georgia's, Georgia's vulnerable – it's this year. So because of that, I selected Kentucky to actually represent the SEC out of the East. So tell me, where do you stand as far as Georgia not taking a step back this year? And if they do, is Kentucky, you think, the team that benefits the most? Well, they won't be a generational defense. You know, best defense we've seen in 10 or 20 years in college football. But I think they got a heck of a chance to repeat. And I wrote about it last night. The story's up on the site today. I, I think it would be unwise to pick anybody but Georgia in the East. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be prohib- their prohibited favorites. And here's why. It's got, Georgia now has the look of what Alabama is or was when Kirby was there. That they just reload. They've only got three starters coming back on defense. A lot of guys' names that we don't know, but we will. Are going to be stars. Is that defense going to be as good? No. But let's say they're, let's say instead of best in the last 20 years, they're top five this year. That's still a heck of a defense. That's enough to win uh, the SEC East. That's enough to, frankly, lose again to Alabama in the championship game and still be among the top four. They're going to be top four of three seasons. And you get to the playoffs, you take the chance. Stephen Bennett, the quarterback, who took zero snaps last spring. In April of 21, took zero snaps. Always looking over his shoulder is the man. He's got a ring. He's effective. Um, They're going to have to develop a bit of a running game, which I think they can. But I think they've got a chance to repeat. Because there's, look, after Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, I'm at at odds to figure out who the fourth team is. So I think a lot of people are. I think you can slot Georgia into the playoff right now. Because you mentioned uh, Stetson Bennett there, obviously an incredible story. Like you talked about, zero snaps going into last year, a former walk-on, and he goes and wins a national championship. He's the guy now. Yet still, very publicly, I would say, doubted by the masses. If you had the majority of people go out and ask to list the top five quarterbacks in the SEC, I'm not sure he'd be on a lot of people's lists. Is that almost 
the best thing for a guy like him to come into this year and continue to have that chip on his shoulder and be that guy for Georgia? Yeah, it motivates him. The chip on the shoulder thing is what motivates him. I mean, huge. You saw it all of last season. The fans were were in you know a public uproar. Let's put in JT Daniels when he was hurt. JT Daniels going to play. All he Stetson Bennett kept doing was making plays down the stretch to the point that he won the game. You remember uh, Alabama was up 18-13 with 10 minutes left, and uh, and Todd Monk, the offensive coordinator, called a deep fade 40 yards. He drops it down the silo. That's a game-winning touchdown with 10 minutes left. Uh, pretty good pass. And I would I would disagree. I'd say he's among the top four quarterbacks now um, in in the SEC and his ability to, to lead the team, his arm strength. He's not mobile. Nobody said he was mobile. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something to be said when that guy gets in the huddle and he's got a ring. And he's going to be a leader. And he's going to address the team instead of, again, being this slappy who went to junior college, came back, and, you know, always looking over his shoulder. I, th- I think he's an accomplished quarter. You know, Dennis, before we move off of Georgia, just one last question. Week one, they play the Oregon Ducks, who just happen to have a new head coach who's extremely familiar with this Bulldogs team, Dan Lanning being last year's defensive coordinator. Also, Bo Nix, former Auburn quarterback, is a starting quarterback there at Oregon. Is this a slip-up game for Kirby, especially with Dan having a, a great understanding of what is replacing all of that departed talent on this Bulldogs roster? Yeah, I, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. It's here in Atlanta. It's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the, the heart and soul of Dog Nation. Uh, it's all announced yesterday, already a sellout. You know, that'll be obviously, I don't know, 90%, 80% Georgia fans. Uh, Dan Lanning, again, first-time head coach, just getting his feet wet. Bo Nix is Bo Nix is the quarterback. Familiar territory for him, but, um, you know, I, I don't know how effective he'll be again in the belly of the beast. And they'd had an unfortunate incident last week. They lost, I don't know, Spencer Webb, the tight end, was killed in, a, in an accident in, uh, in Eugene. I don't know how that's going to affect the team. Um, but, look, all that aside, Georgia was going to be a prohibitive favorite anyway in the game, and, and they are. And I would suspect, you know, in the season opener, I think it'll have Kirby Smart's full attention. Another quarterback I wanted to ask you about, new to the league, Spencer Rattler, who is considered one of the best quarterbacks in the country last year, Heisman Trophy favorite going into the year before things went south fast at Oklahoma, now sitting with South Carolina. And regardless of how you might feel about him, the Gamecocks at one point had a graduate assistant coming off the sidelines to play in a football game. So he's going to be a big upgrade there. How do you think that, how far do you think that he and this South Carolina team can go coming off a seven win season? And not only that, they had a wide receiver win the bowl game for them at quarterback. Yeah, um, exactly. So Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer was the national first year, uh, first year coach of the year. So that ought to say something. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of time with Spencer Rattler this summer. I went down and saw him in Arizona, where he's from. I got to know his throwing coach, who's been with for years, and just dug down on this whole year. I mean, he was not only the Heisman favorite a year ago at this moment but became the NIL poster child. He had two cars at Oklahoma, two, three cars. Um, and I, I know high six figure income from NIL, but he became you know, a national story. He was booed at home for, you know, not playing well enough. I, guess, I think it was West Virginia and Nebraska were the games. They struggled to score points. 
And I think a big part of that was, was not the NIL at all. Um, I think it was the fact that Caleb Williams was on the bench. And how many times have we seen that in the NFL and college? You know, the best place to be is that backup quarterback because you, you can't screw up. Uh, it's all potential. So he lost his job. He transferred to, I, I was surprised South Carolina. Um, there were other opportunities, more places, I think, that had more offensive infrastructure. Let's put it that way. But Shane Beamer has been an assistant at Oklahoma, and they had a relationship. And the, the offense there is now going to be more NFL-based under center. Um, not, not huge, but I, I went and saw him down in Arizona. He was uh, teaching some campers on a whiteboard. He did a play call for South Carolina, which included 13 uh, numbers and letters, or 13 words and numbers in, in the play call. Uh, he, had a, he had a call at Oklahoma in the air raid with the number six. <laughs> wow. That's the difference. It's going to be a little bit more complicated. You just say six, and everybody runs birds. Uh, good kid. Um, you know, I, I think with a quarterback, with an accomplished quarterback, how many teams wouldn't take a guy who completed 70% of his career passing in 15 and 2 as a starter? So I think South Carolina's in good shape. Absolutely, Dennis. We are up against it, but appreciate you more than you know. Could talk college football with you all day. Thank you. That is Dennis Dodd, CBS college football national writer. More Follow the Money when we come back. Meet Carl. Sup? Ever since he was a little boy, Carl dreamed of being baseball's greatest outfielder. There was only one problem. <laughs> Carl, you can play to win with BetRivers.com, featuring award-winning customer service in the ex customer service in the ex customer service in the ex customer service. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.